Podcast number 159 this week. My guest is normal, is Aaron Fennell, and uh, we are going to have a discussion about basically big equipment and what that next generation used owner looks like uh, after it comes back uh, from being on its and its new run, either that one or two or three year old piece of equipment. So, Aaron, how you been, buddy? Good. Good, just uh, heading home from the state sheep convention today, and good good time was had by all. The state sheep convention? Yep, Nebraska Sheep and Goat Producers Annual Conference. Right on. Sounds like a real humdinger. Did you enjoy yourself there? <laughs> yeah, I did. Of course, we ate like kings because we had lamb at every meal uh, and several dishes. And, no goat? And Oh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of goat for supper. Yeah. Discussed uh, a lot of industry things, and big shocker, I shared a lot of passion, and uh, that's where we're at. So. Right on. That's, that's awesome. That's, uh, sounds like a great weekend. Um, where was this uh, convention held at? At Curtis, at the uh, technical college there. Oh, right on. Where did you stay at? I got up at four o'clock this morning and drove down there. Oh, it was just a one day. It wasn't a. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, just a one day. I got gotcha. you. Right on. So, are you on the board of of this the sheep producers association or whatever? Yep, vice president. Vice president. Wow, they actually gave you that title. Look at that. That is. <laughs> that is something else yeah. right there. Oh yeah. Right Probably on. doesn't say much for the association, but I'm the vice president. <laughs> right on. I hear you. I hear you. All right, buddy. So let's jump into this. Well, first off, let's do this. Let's talk about the overall market as a whole, and then we'll talk about maybe we can ease our way into this conversation, just basically talking about what's going on in the marketplace. So let's talk about that first. So here we are, um, end of 2019. We have got um, basically your your typical auction cycles happening right now that you would see. There's there's more equipment now on um, any given auction than I than I've seen in the past. There's a lot more auctions going on. Um, so there's a there's a fair amount of appetite out there for equipment, and it seems like whether it's big iron auction time, uh, what Sullivan's got going on, whether it's you know, you name it. There, there's just a ton of things going on. So, give me your outlook on what you see happening in the market right now. Well, October was a lot busier than typical, and it was not. Oh my God, we're so wet! Last minute panic purchases, you know. Right. A lot of what I sold in October was stuff. I hate to say it, typically sold in November, like high horsepower for tillage um, and tillage pieces post-harvest. And guys were, like, done already and ready to use it. So right. 
there's a substantial amount of corn still that's out there that's junk. Even these guys that are done that didn't even get a sprinkle during harvest or whatever, I've I've seen across the country it feels like everything is at least twenty percent off. Yeah. Um a lot of guys say thirty. But it doesn't seem to have a lot of impact on sales at this point. Right. On 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 used sales and the stuff I sell. Of course, you know, when I throw stuff out in the world of the internet, it is not, you know, at retail price. It's not at, you know, oh, maybe, hopefully this will work. It's, this is a deal. Here it is. Right. And that stuff's been, been popping really well. Yeah. Um, so the market as a whole, I think, is doing quite well. I was hoping for a little bit of last-minute Panic uh, on combines, headers. That seems to be a non-existent market as of the last 60 days, 45 to 60 days. Um, I know as a company, we've sold some used combines. They've actually been moving pretty well in territory. Yeah. Nationally, I haven't moved hardly anything combine header-related. Um, moved some grain carts this last week, uh, month. Um, so I just, you know, that's, that's kind of where it's at. I would say right now the market itself is decent to good, um, as a, as a whole, industry whole. Um, I don't see, you know, other than combines, which we've been, Crying the blues over combines for every damn podcast for two years, but well, just because we've had the podcast for two years, that's that's why. Well, okay, that, that's fine. Don't have to have it for two years, but we still been crying the blues about it. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> combines are always freaking on our minds. It seems like right, right. So. You know, other other not a lot of changes with what's hot and what's not and that kind of thing. But as a whole, I would call it decent to good. Okay, so here's the other thing about all this: the market now is hitting that. I think it's hitting a point of saturation when you start looking at the number of units that are there that are that 2008 to 2012 14 model machine yep. whether it's a combine or a tractor or whatever it's it's definitely a machine that there's just a ton of and ev- there's no end in sight to the number of machines that are coming to the market now if you look at how that's happening what's happening with the market and how all that stuff is shaking out and all the stuff that's happening there i have i'm concerned about that i i think about that a lot i look at what we have in inventory i look at what the inventories are on all the websites that list this stuff. Um, there, there aren't enough buyers for those machines um, in the U.S. and in Canada. And I, I feel like the, I know. I think there's an, an export opportunity for those machines, but um, just 
the typical farmer buyer in in the United States right now, there there's just not a market for them. Right? I mean, not, I'm not saying there's not a market because there is, but I just don't feel like there's enough people wanting to buy those to to make a dent in in the overall population of machines. Yeah, that, that, you're you're exactly right. There and you're. You were right to correct yourself. There is a market. There's a hell of a market. Yeah. But it is so depressed price price point that you can't hardly live with yourself to move them there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I know we've got, I've talked to people in uh, um, Bolivia, Colombia, you know, the central Latin America, all of Latin America mm-hmm. on um, 12, 13 F-series combines. And here, even to lose, say, 15%, you're still like 15% off. Right. Um, it, it's, getting, it's getting to the point I discussed... Uh, combine trade with a guy quite a few days last week and he you know sent me a message on Twitter and we were already talking on a tractor lease that I figured out for him and that kind of stuff and he says what do you got for 780s and I said well you know I got a pretty good selection of them depends on what you want and he says well the trouble is he says I have one of those 12s and offhand I'm like what are you talking about? He says a twelve six eighty with eighteen hundred set, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And he says, you know, he asked me. He says, my dealer is giving me one ten. Is that fair? And I said, I said, I don't know where they're at on the front side. I said, if I said if their front side looks good, and they're giving you one ten. I said, that's a really good number. I said, quite honestly, on that machine, I would be 85 to 90, but that's off of my number. That's probably 40 less than theirs to start with, okay? Right. I said, so you got to look at it from both sides. I said, whatever their trade number is versus whatever my trade number is, you know, make the numbers whatever the hell you want. I said, but that's the, you know, the the end of the movie is, here's my real numbers. If that's their real numbers, great, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, my point with that is it's getting to the point where it's probably because every single farmer listens to Moving Iron. (laughs) But. (laughs) That'd be awesome if they did. It's getting to the point where even the farmers know they like cringe to tell you they have a twelve or thirteen S combine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is there's there's such a, a tough a tough kind of a pill for some guys to swallow too when you look at it. And I get it where they're coming from. They look at what they've done and what they've done, you know, what they've had and, and now they're looking at, you know, I every year it's my the gap to trade's getting bigger and bigger and I gotta do something. But like we've talked about on this podcast for a many a time, you know, this is a not because they want to, but because they have to type of uh, purchase. I think for a lot of these guys, right? You know, they've 
got the good out of the machine they've got, and they're they're at a point now where every year costs them some pretty substantial amount of recon, and and those are going to be that's not going to stop happening. You know, there's going to be more of those type of scenarios uh, play out, and we're seeing that you know 16, 17, 18 model combine. The guys are really wanting to have soon to be 19. You know, those combines are starting to kind of trickle in a little bit here and there. Um, but to your earlier point, this harvest is going to be late, real late. And I don't, across the country, there's not going to be a lot of. I mean, guys are out cutting and picking and doing whatever, but they're they're hitting some pretty high moisture stuff on a pretty regular basis that they're having to. Right. And then on top of that, you've got two degrees and six inches of snow you know what i mean i mean it's just all those kind of things that go into that too so there's a million things going on so i this is uh i think the reason i wanted to talk about this because i think it's a pretty good segue into this uh comment i got on twitter here and you can check me out at moving iron llc on twitter and you can find old aaron fennel at aaron fennel on twitter c twitter c at, at aaron fennel on Twitter, and you can also find him also at Throwback Iron every once in a while. He throws some stuff out there, no pun intended, on the old Twitterverse. So, this is uh, <laughs> Jeremy from Nebraska who sent this in and asked this question. And there was a there was a post about a eight RX out there, and and people were going back and forth on it. And and this was part of that 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 uh, post. And Basically, what he was talking about was there was not not many used buyers looking for a uh, 650RX or a DB120. And there is truth to that, and there is also some, um, I guess, what do you want to say, farce to that a little bit too, I guess. Um, well, Because here's what it is. The bad thing about machines like that, especially big machines like that, is that they're wicked expensive when they get... When they come out new, right? That DB120, depending on how it's set up, could be a half a million dollar planner, right? That 650RX, completely loaded to the gills with all the fun stuff, could be almost a half a million dollar tractor, right? So, what the issue is with those machines is that whoever's buying that setup, let's just say you're a guy that has a 650RX and a DB120, right? And you're, that is your planning rig, right? You have a ton of acres to cover with that, right? Just to even justify having that setup, you have to have a ton of acres. Um, so they're going to go out and they're going to probably put fifteen or twenty thousand acres on that planter in a year or two, right? And then to come back and have that set out here for sale as a use piece, it has to be priced to where the next used buyer wants to buy it. Now we've got customers that are large-scale farmers that only buy used, right? And I love those guys, right? But you don't have very many large-scale farmers that are looking at, all, all I want to do is buy used and really, really control my my uh, cost per acre that way instead of discounts and other stuff that come along with that. So what's your thought on that, Aaron? When you look at this setup here, I mean, you're talking about million bucks brand new i'm just throwing numbers i hear about a million bucks eight hundred fifty thousand bucks something like that for that setup brand new when it comes back in to get the next guy to want to buy it and then also have the acres to even 
even if he wants to buy it, or she wants to buy it, that DB120 is a massive monster of a machine, and you have to have a ton of acres to even just even just to have one. I don't care how old it is. So, what's your thought on these on this kind of setup here? First thing I would address is please, Mister Farmer, don't buy one just because they make it. Don't don't have a DB120 that's two years old and has less than 10,000 acres on it. Right. You don't need a DB120 then. Yeah. And I know, I, we all know that happens, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you can get by with a 90 and still get to the beach in time. But, you know, still go to Hawaii when you're done planting. But, well, they make a 120, so I'm going to get it. You know? And the worst thing you run into with that is... So I got this 120, and say he puts 10,000 acres on it, you know. He needs that planter. He bought that planter. He used that planter. You run into a couple things with that next guy, okay? Aside from the, well, he's got hydraulic downforce and, you know, the bazillion-dollar differences in options and all that. Right, yeah. You find a guy that wants the one-year-old DB120, okay? Perfect. Shake his hand, kiss him on the mouth, do whatever it takes to sell it to him. Then you tell him it has 10,000 acres. Oh, my God, it's got to be worn out. Okay, it's been over 10,000 acres, but it's 120 feet wide. Right. (laughs) It's not a 12-row that's been over 10,000 acres. Right, yeah. It's four of them. Right. You know? Yep. That's 2,500 acres on a 12-row planter. Yep. yep. So there, there's a little bit of that. I've had that discussion with a guy the other day on a 60-foot planter, DB60. Well, 5,000 acres isn't bad. And I said, no, because that's 2,500 on a 12-row. Oh, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So there's 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 that hurdle to get over as you get these bigger planters and bigger planters that are racking up these acres. You have to look at it from an old fashioned standpoint of you know like divide it by a twelve row, divide it by an eight row. That puts it in a little better perspective for guys. Right, and that's a great point. Now, I mean, if you think about that, that DB one twenty. That's four 12 row planters. So, like you said, if it's got 10,000 acres on it, that's 2,500 acres. So, I mean, that's that's a very easy way to get someone's mind wrapped around that that machine. Right. Yep. Now, the other aspect of this is okay, here's where it gets really muddy and sticky and messy for, for our end, Casey, as you're well aware of. In order for us to find anybody, and by us I mean any dealer in the country, not just 21st. For us to get anybody in the country halfway interested in that planner, it has to be back considerably far of a new one. A big big, big discount off of a new one. Yep. Or you're going to sit on it, well, that's pretty close. 
say you find the guy that needs it and your X amount of dollars back of what you could buy a new one, that buyer always looks at that ratio to see, you know, he'd rather have the used one because he's saving money, but dollars for investments, dollars for investment, right? Right, yep. And it's that way, whether it's that DB120, whether it's a 790, whether it is a 9620RX, they're all a 9900 chopper. All that great, big, wonderful, super efficient, hammer down, get the hell out of my way stuff is wonderful. On the front side of the deal, I feel like there needs to be a very long discussion about that's great. Okay, I'd love to sell you this. It's so cool. We're going to tweet the shit out of it. We'll get T-shirts made, the whole deal. Right. But you need to know, okay, your planner costs you this. You're going to cover this amount of acres. Here's what it's worth next year. Okay, Mr. Farmer, with your 120-foot planner, figure that up real quick. Does that work or not? If that doesn't work, we need to look at a different route. Right. Now, I don't know that a discussion like that has ever happened because as a salesman myself, guy wants to buy a DB120, you're in the heat of the moment. You know, what's it worth next year? Well, I'm not sure, but, you know, we'll do our best to treat your eye on it. (laughs) (laughs) Great! Give me a pen! Yeah. Yeah, that's the... That's where where the heartburn with that... There's guys that'll buy 620s and DB120s and all that. I know plenty of guys that buy one tomorrow. Right. But it has to be a big enough gap to make sense. Yep, and that that is the uh, that's the hard part, and in our job is is what does that gap look like? You know what I mean? I mean we were advertising, we had a bit of program on some stuff a while back where we were had one year old combines that we were we couldn't give away that were in the the low three hundreds, you know, and high two hundreds, and we were trying to sell them and just didn't have any takers anywhere. None, just had very few people even have interest in something like I mean of course you got a lot of tire kickers that said hey that's a great price but it's still 300 grand right. you know and right. I was like well yeah it, you're right it is but it was $450,000 brand new a year ago you know what I mean so it's just like stuff like that that just uh, that that's kind of the, the, oh, yeah. the tricky part of it yeah, with, with moving those combines I can't tell you how many guys that were like oh my god I cannot believe that's even, is that real? And I'm like, yeah, it's real. You want it? God, I'd love to have it, but it's still 300. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I get that, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Well, that's my 15, that's 670 worth. Oh, uh, shit. The, da- the down payment. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, fine. So mine is four hundred and yours is, you know, three hundred. Well, that's not what it is though. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's the whole point. It's the trade difference. Right. Yep. 
Well, I don't have any equity. No, you don't, because it's a combine. You have equity that they have paid off. Right. Yeah, combines are a tricky one. They're a tough one. But okay, so let's jump over and take a look at this the six twenty RX that he's got in his in his question now. So that that is another one too. There is a I'd be honest with you, there's a lot more demand for those used than there is for them new sometimes, I think. And and not because that there's you know, obviously they're a good machine or there wouldn't be a big used demand for it. But again it comes back to there is demand for those machines when they've got under 500 hours on them and they can pick them up for basically mid to low 300s, right? And Right. But, and, but that's the thing. That's almost, that's what, 60 cents on the dollar from what it was new? Right. You know what I mean? You so, got to be, I, I would go as far as to say under like 800 hours, high flow, PTO, and as fancy as possible, and refrigerator three and a half yeah. or less yeah. and that is that's depressing mm-hmm. you know i sold three of them last week just like that all in that range and and it was kind of a stair step you know one into two into three and yeah it was i mean even even for what that tractor is what that tractor cost new and where it was that day i sold it it was still, you know, I talked about that, you know, three of those deals over and over and over, and I'm like, I'm going to pull my hair out. Right. I, you know, I don't know what to do to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And and then that's just the way it is, because it is, you know, I got a wholesale buyer that buys a lot of stuff from me. And we were talking about a tractor the other day, I want to say it was uh, an eight four hundred R, and it is a smoking, smoking deal. And he said it, you know, numerous times. But he's like, but it's still. He's like, you know, he's like two fifty is hard enough to pop quick, let alone up in the, you know, knocking on three. And that's that's just the world we're in, and there's no way. I shouldn't say there's no way. It's really hard to get that guy buying that new one to get in that boat with you. Right. A lot of those guys, you know, if you got a big mud guy that's rolling 10 tractors, two combines, you know, whatever, big multi-unit deal, everything he does, He's got that whole thing figured out X amount per hour. He doesn't care what you're giving him or what the new costs. It is X amount per hour. His payment, whether it's lease payment, purchase payment, all that figured in, that's all the whole deal is to him. Right. So it's really hard. When you get in that situation, it's really hard to tweak that a lot we've done it we've done it with numerous guys and you have to because the new keeps going up and up and up but that you know say you're talking on 370s okay and you're on 19s coming in now there guess what 
they are worth the same as what an 18 was last year and a 17 the year before that. They're not, you know, they're bumping a little bit, but the one-year-old 8R with 500 hours and all the shit on it is kind of a stamped-in-stone number for a couple, three years now. Yeah, it's been pretty consistent. I mean, I would say it's the, the percentage of new has stayed the same. You can, I don't know that the actual sell price has stayed the same, but the percentage of new has. I mean, obviously, it hasn't stayed the same. We haven't we haven't priced all those machines the same way, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, they're, they're, the, the difference between the new and the used has stayed pretty much the same for the last three years. No, I'm talking about, like right now, the 19 is worth X amount. Mm-hmm. And that X amount is what the, the 18 was worth last year and what the 17 was worth the year before that. Yeah, that's what Not I'm saying. 100%. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The new keeps going up and up and up. Right. So yep. that's a prime example of, okay, we traded for, you know, $5 last year, the year before that, the year before that. Well, you just took that tractor that's worth the same as that one two years ago, bottom line, worth the same, and you just put more in it and more in it and more in it because you didn't fix, you didn't have that conversation and fix that deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I see where you're going with that. That makes there's some, yeah, your makes one year old is too high priced. Whether that's tractors, combine sprayers, what have you. Yeah, I, I could, I could. I can buy a little bit of that. I think you're. I think you got. You're right. I mean, I think there's 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 some options there that that you look at. But yeah, that, when I look at year over year what we're selling stuff for, um, and and look at the one year versus the one year the year ago or the two years ago or three years ago, um, that percentage has stayed the same. And that good, bad, or otherwise, it's it's uh it's there for sure. So yeah, there's. It's just a tough one, you know. It, it's different when you start looking at like a six M or a six R. You know what I mean? Those right, machines, right. It, it's a whole different animal, right? It's a completely different thing. There's there's a market for those, um, and on any operation, I don't care if you're a big row crop farmer or if you're you know guy out in the sand hills ranching cows. There's a market for that machine. Um, the the part the other, the the bad part about <clears throat> The large horsepower stuff, and the the big tillage pieces, and the big tractors, and and combines, and and I mean air seeders. Now, holy crap, those things just grow every year. It feels like they go. I think we got a sixty footer now that we can we can get out there, and five hundred bushel carts. And right now, I guess now what's that new one? Seven hundred and fifty bushel cart. Eight hundred bushel cart. So, yeah. <laughs> just the horsepower. That you need just to make that thing move before you even planted anything is a lot. I know. You know what I mean? I, I can put all three of my tractors on it if it's full and probably not move it. Right. So that's that's just a lot of weight by itself. So it's uh you know we've had a conversation on here too like how much bigger can stuff get and I don't I don't know man I don't know it can get much bigger I think we're I think we're kind of hit that that saturation point of of size but I say that and. You know who knows what they're what they're going to roll out with next. That's bigger. I mean, class ten combines. Who's got class ten combines now? Colossus has got them. Um, New Holland's got one. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, those things are huge. I mean, just massive. Of to the the ninth, we just I can't even get your head wrapped around how big one of those things are. And then you got forty five foot heads and fifty foot heads and everything else to go with them. So it's just it's just a lot of juice that they keep to keep pulling. But so let's hit on this real quick. Um, when did the RX come out? Was that twenty fifteen? RX? Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe that's okay. correct. I believe 16, came out in 15, 16 model year. Okay, that's right, yep. All right, so the, we had a debate back then um, about what was what was going to do the track market. And, you know, we thought the wheels were going to stick around and that the two-track machine was going to be obsolete. And then this this new RX was going to take over, and anything, I mean, the complete opposite happened. Obviously, wheeled machines still are, are still have that same following, but I feel like the the two track machine actually gained popularity, and it and it actually made it made it be more. Uh, I think more two track machines got sold because of that than we saw in the past. You know, I I would agree with that, Casey, because I think the RX got non track guys. Looking at track. Yep, and I would agree with that. Yep. And then they looked at the price tag. They fell over. Mm-hmm. You got the the AED out of the glass case, brought them back to life, and then they demoed a two track and decided, ah, I do like this. Yeah. I do like this. Yep. You know, like like yeah, okay, that one's six hundred thousand dollars. Let's start with this one and see what you think. Right. And that, you're, you're exactly right. And I'm sure that wasn't the company in question's motive, but, but that's kind of what has happened. Well, I also think, too, that it also shined light on on that two-track system, even with case guys and the case quad-track guys. And they were, they were looking at the quad-track versus... The other thing, because there was nothing really in between, like there was no no reason to go look at anything else, and I, I really feel like the two track system, whether it was Deer or Challenger, either one, um, had that kind of a kind of a moment there where they had a little bump in sales. So that being said, now we have the eight RX, which which kind of stems this whole conversation we're having here. Do you do you feel like that prediction is going to be the same? That there's going to be the same kind of outcome that we saw with the two tracks versus the uh, the four track system? Okay. First of all, let me tell you how completely shocked I am that on the week of its release, you had to mention the eight RX new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, they I tell you, they're, that they're send a, a flurry of stuff out there on. On Twitter, I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff out there about it. I will say this: well, first of all, with that tractor, it has sent from the leaked pictures or whatever you want to call it for the last six months at least. There's a lot of talk about it, but not much. I shouldn't say a lot. I feel like some talk. Right. 
when that thing dropped last week, I feel like it was not to get too carried away, but a shockwave in the tractor industry amongst, amongst producers. Right. And I cannot believe how many guys are excited about it. I honestly felt like it would be a lot of, oh, I don't know, I don't really like that, or, eh, I guess, you know, maybe. Everybody's like, wow, that's badass. I myself, mm, and, and you know from all of our 9,000 talk, I am a die-hard two-track guy above tires and above four tracks. It's going to take... I'd have to plead the fifth on this deal because I feel like we know they're going to sell them. They're they're, they're green and yellow. Great machine. Cannot believe how unbelievably fancy and high-tech and just you know, typical, fantastic fit and finish and all that just right. out of this world. Right, yeah. But I think they might be the first of the eights to get thrown in the same box as the DB120 and the RX. Yeah. Simply, simply based off a of price point. Yeah. I think when they get to be five-year-olds, you will not be able to, in any capacity, as a dealer, keep enough of them on the shelf. Right. No way. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of them deals. Yeah. Which, you know, we're a couple more years from the RX getting down there, you know, high flow PTO, under 300, they're really going to start popping. Yeah. Whether we have five or six dollar corn or <laughs> two ninety five corn, that's just where they're at. You know, we've had enough correction with with farm income, if you will. Correction's probably not the right word, but to get everybody to go, okay, all right, hold on here. We don't have to trade rotary hose just because it's been a year old. Right. <laughs> we got over that mindset. Mm-hmm. I got 10 hours on this mower. I better trade it. Shit, I don't want to pay taxes. Right, yeah. So, I think from, from the research that I've done, the digging on it, hearing feedback from guys, um, and guys that aren't green that think it is the cat's meow. I think the company did a great thing. I'm I'm more impressed after seeing videos of it run and this and that with its maneuverability, its nimbleness. Um, where it fits in the marketplace right now, Casey, I could not begin to tell you. Yeah, it's a new thing, you know. I think it's it's such a newfangled thing that we, if we were to guess, there's no way we could pinpoint how it's going to end up. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either, because unlike the nine the nine RX, there there was a market already there when that machine came out, Right. right? So we already knew what was going to happen there. Now they have, I mean, I guess you could kind of lump that four-track 
John Deere 8RX into the whole half track thing that Case New Holland was doing, you know, and, and how that I, I still don't understand what the concept there is, but um, you know, you could probably and, see, you, <clears throat> and, and I was thinking that too, Casey. The problem is you still have a normal. The only thing you've done with that half track is put tracks on the half end of a magnet, right? And that's why it's so it's so you can't. You can, but you can't, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's one of those things where, well, we don't know what else to do with it. we got to put it over here type of thing. But it's a completely right. standalone system that, you know, you don't see much. You don't see that anymore. But you're starting to see that same setup on combines with as wet as it's been. And Mudhog's got that that uh, that track system uh, rear end right. deal they've got. And then they're putting yep. the, the track systems on the front of those combines. I mean, for tracks to kind of, you know, we had that kind of boost there in the early 2000s when, when tracks kind of were a, a hot item and then it kind of cooled off and nothing really kind of, you know, and now all of a sudden the track thing's kind of coming back. So it's, it's, or, uh, or 1986. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it was, <clears throat> with your favorite, your favorite tractor ever? CH 65. Get some. 65A with the inflatable uh, idler on the front. You gotta love it. You bet. Gotta love it. But they have, but stuff like that when it comes out is so it's so different and so unorthodox that yeah, of course people get excited about it. You know what I mean? Because it's they've never seen it before and it's a it's an amazing deal. But it's to your point, it it'll be you kind of have to take a wait and see approach to how. It's going to affect your overall market, especially when it comes to the used ones. Right. Hell of a deal. All right, man. Well, any last? You know, real quick, yeah. while we're on the while we're on the Irks, it is funny to me that the most blowback was about an integrated receiver. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the most hoopla. Was about the damn massaging seat, right? Yeah. You know, granted, I I get that you're dry, you know I can't I gotta stop say driving it. You're sitting in that thing for twelve fourteen hours. Hell yeah, massage would be nice, you know. But it's it's funny to me how just so like getting a candy store excited guys were over the massaging seat, but having a fit. That's the receiver is just part of the chapter. Right. Yeah. Well, think about it, man. You got a, you got a massaging seat and a refrigerator. What what more could you possibly ask for? That's that's right. There you go. I have a very revamped refrigerator for the Casey Seymours of the world. That that's their favorite option. <laughs> you never know what you want to keep cold in there. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. All right, man. Casey would be in a forty-four forty with a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the hell he put it, but it would have one. <laughs> Let's put it on the roof. Let's jump out and you grab up, grab up something. There you go. Yeah. All right, man. Any last thoughts you want to throw out there before we shut this thing down? Not really. I think we covered we covered a sloth tonight, there, friend. Yes, we did. Took care of her. All right, buddy, if people want to reach out and talk to Aaron Finnell, how would they do that? Okay, I'm quite often on the Twitterverse, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter. 
Call me, text me anytime, 308-760-1193. And you can find me uh, on Moving Iron Podcast here about anywhere that you can find podcasts, also on the Global Ag Network, so check it out there. And you can also go to uh, Twitter and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC and uh, see the latest post there. Go check out Moving Iron LLC dot com for the latest moving iron blogs and also all the stuff that's happening with uh with moving iron and uh if, if you like this podcast and you think it's something that you would like to recommend to a friend go to your favorite podcasting platform and give me a five-star rating and, and uh feel free to to write a review if you would because that that really does help spread the show around too so with that being said um i don't have much else to say so aaron Last chance. We'll toss anything out there. I guess I'm good, brother. Okay, I'm man. good. Hammer down. Well, so until next time, this is Casey and Aaron. Let's go move some iron. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here